Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Rust Belt Thursday. Rust Belt Thursday. We did the Browns. Oh, no, we're doing the Browns. We did the Steelers. We did the Lions. We're talking Bills, of course, and uh, not of the Browns. Browns and Texans will play Saturday in that AFC South Saturday special, which is always what you get when the AFC South winner hosts. It seems to be that Saturday spot. The Bills have played in that spot against those uh, those Texans. Jeremy White, Sal Capaccio. We'll get Nathan Zagura, who's on the uh, Browns broadcast uh, in just a moment on the Western Hotline. You can give us a call, too, 803-0550 and 1-888-550-2550. Sal, I have a question for you before we get to Nathan as we dial him up. How's the sauna? It is one of the best purchases I've ever made. Wow. It's incredible. I use it every day. It actually inspires me to get my workout in earlier in the day and get it done. Like, you know what I mean? If I can't go to the gym, which I haven't really been able to go to the gym a lot during the season here, been working out at home, I can't wait to work out, but I basically say I can't go in the sauna until I work out because it feels amazing to go in there after I'm done. So I turn it on, I put it at 150, which is what it goes to, and I you know work out, even if it's just a 20, 30-minute workout, whatever. It's just get it done and... Then I go in there, and I sweat, and I feel great. All right. It's awesome. Well, good. I recommend it. And it's got health benefits, right? It's an infrared yeah, yeah. sauna. So I, I just it, – it really is. It's one of the, the best purchases I've ever made. I, I, I said last night – I went in yesterday morning, worked out, went in. And then last night, said to Yana, I go, I think I want to go in the sauna again tonight. She's like, no. Like, once a day is enough. Like, she's <laughs> worried about whatever, right? And I'm like, no, I want to go in. I didn't go in last night, but, you know, it's cool. Then the other day, we actually have a hot tub outside. Bought a hot tub a couple of years ago. And that was really cool. Went in the hot tub, then went in the sauna after that. So that was a nice, relaxing night. Yeah. Winter hot tub's always nice. Yes. Winter hot tub. Hey, happy belated birthday to your wife. I saw it was your birthday, so or her birthday. So happy thank birthday. You. Uh, yeah, thank you. And I'll pass that along. Yeah. She should be told. She gets told all the time at work what we talk about on this radio station. Yeah. Just want you to know that. That happens to my wife, too. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. not listening like, oh, they were talking about this this morning. They're talking about this or that. Yep. Yep. On the Western Hotline, Nathan Zagura is uh, going to join us. Nathan, good morning. It's Jeremy and Sal. Thanks for taking some time today. You got it. Good to be with you. So we're, we've, we've joked today's Rust Belt Thursday. We've, we've talked Bills, Steelers, of course, talked to a Lions reporter. And now we're on to the Browns, who are what? What are the Browns? Are they to be feared right now? Uh, you know, the Bills and Browns might have something in common going to the playoffs, playing well. How good are the Browns right now? 
I think they're very good. I mean, this defense is the best defense in the National Football League. You've got the best trio of corners with Denzel Ward, MJ Emerson, and Greg Newsom. And then you've got, I think, the best defensive player in the league in Miles Garrett up front, in addition to a lot of other quality vets and even some young players who have stepped up. So the defense is certainly the, the focus first and foremost. And then you flip it around to the other side, and Joe Flacco's playing great football. He's thrown for 300-plus yards in three straight games. Since he's become the starting quarterback for the Browns, he leads the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Amari Cooper had been the leading receiver in the league. You know, David Njoku is averaging 90 yards and a touchdown a game his last four. So we've got some weapons on offense. We've got a big play offense. And I think the one thing the Browns still need to do is take care of the football a little bit better. But this is a championship-quality defense and an offense that can make certainly enough plays with Joe Flacco's big arm getting the ball down the field. Nathan, has Flacco kind of – I don't know, uh, vindicated the Browns head coach for being a good offensive coach because it, it had been a battle there. And Deshaun Watson, you know, how that went early for him. And then on to Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Here's Flacco, who's a veteran off the street, sure. But if he can do this, I would think that my takeaway would be this offensive staff clearly knows what it's doing. I mean, I would say, yeah. And I, I don't even know if it's about Joe Flacco as much as you know, you won games with P.J. Walker. He was able to, to call and orchestrate a game-winning drive for Dorian Thompson-Robinson against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Kevin Stefanski, if you look at every quarterback who's played with him, they pretty much played their best football with him. Now, Deshaun Watson, as you pointed out, would be the one exception, and I think that that is – he was getting there, though. The last time we saw him, he went 14-14 of in the second half to lead the Browns to a huge win on the road against the number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. So, no, I think Kevin Stefanski is, he should be the coach of the year with what he's had to deal with. The Browns are now the first team in the history of the National Football League to make the playoffs in a season in which they lost their week one starting quarterback, running back, right tackle, and left tackle. We even lost our second right tackle, DeJuan Jones, the rookie out of Ohio State, who was playing great football. I mean, this team has dealt with a lot of injuries. He's kept them focused, and he is an elite offensive mind. I think Joe Flacco fits what Kevin Stefanski is the best at and the most comfortable with, which is the sequencing of the marriage of the run in the pass, that hard play-action shot game. I think that that's what he is the best at under center, and so I think that's been a very good union for Flacco and for Stefanski. Nathan, what, when and if, I guess I'd say, is the conversation going to ha be had about the quarterback future next year, and how uncomfortable is that conversation going to be? Is it as simple as you just it's can't come away from Watson because of the contract? Why would you? Deshaun Watson's eight and four as the starter of the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson right. led you the last time you saw him to the win over the Baltimore Ravens. His teammates love him. Yep. He's an incredibly talented guy. There, it, there is no conversation. It's not uncomfortable at all. I think everybody knows it's Deshaun Watson's team going forward. And right now, you're going to live in the moment and enjoy what Joe Flacco is doing. And, and this team hopefully is able to go on a very, very special run. Nathan Zagura joining us on the Western Hotline, Cleveland Browns color analyst and host of uh, co-host of Browns Daily. So what are you said take the take care of the ball better? Is that about it? Is the only weakness the turnover? Is there is there nothing on defense teams have had success doing? I've seen some of the stats and some of the numbers on the Browns defense like success rate is one kind of newfangled stat people use and it's the best ever. So I have a full respect for how good the Browns defense is. Is there anywhere that teams are able to find success against them? Yeah, I would say that, you know, offensively, you know, the Browns led the league in giveaways. And it is not often that you'd say, oh, you started five quarterbacks, led the league in giveaways, and that you were, would go 11-6 and six and be in the playoffs. But, so they've got to clean that up offensively. Defensively, if there's one thing when you kind of get to the numbers that stands out, 
the Rams were actually last in the red zone and last in goal-to-go situations in terms of the percentage of touchdowns they allowed was the highest in the NFL. Now, a lot of those cases, to be fair to the defense, happened because of turnovers, and so they were kind of thrust back onto the field in very short field situations. But, you know, if you want to go in the playoffs and you want to be able to win a Super Bowl, you have got to turn potential sevens into threes, and those are kind of four-point plays for the defense. And so that's the only area. Now, the good news is they don't let people into the red zone very often. They, they force three and outs at the highest rate since they've been tracking it. It's a, it's a very good defense, but in the playoffs, you are going to be tested, and down in the red zone, that's where this defense needs to show significant improvement in the postseason relative to the regular season. A few weeks ago, they went to Houston. They beat the Texans pretty badly. Amari Cooper had a fantastic game. Houston obviously was yeah. with, without C.J. Stroud in that game. What about this game? You know, What do you see as far as a game plan now facing a C.J. Stroud team? But also give us an update on Amari Cooper and where he stands. Yeah, Amari Cooper is good to go. He could have played last week if, if they needed him to, but he's just kind of been resting <laughs> to get healthy here. Yeah, last time he was there, set a Browns franchise record, 265 yards and two touchdowns in that game. And so the matchup, it's very similar. Now, the questions for the Texans right now is the last two days, and we'll find out today because it's really like a Friday, about Jonathan Grenard, who was their leading sack guy with 12 and a half sacks. He got hurt against the Browns in that game, has not played since. He has not practiced this week with an ankle injury. Will Anderson aggravated his ankle, and he has not practiced. He's got seven sacks, the number three overall pick. That's second on their team. So they could be without, and then Jerry Hughes is out. So they could be without their top three edge rushers. I think that bodes very well for the Browns offensively against a defense that struggled to stop the pass. It's a defense that plays more zone just about than anybody in the league. They're 80% zone team. They 50-50 in terms of they play a lot of shell, cover two, cover four. They lead the league in split safety looks. So I think for a veteran like Joe Flacco, he knows what he's going to see. He knows what he's going to get. That's who they are. Demeco Ryan's coming from that 49ers tree. Very similar to what we did with Joe Woods you know, a couple of years ago where you know those zone concepts. You know the zone beaters, and I think Joe Flacco is the guy to be able to attack that. Now, when you flip it around, totally different, right? Case Keenum wanted to get the ball out quickly. You guys know him from Buffalo. We know him certainly here from Cleveland. He wanted to get the ball out quickly. C.J. Stroud will hold the ball, fifth longest time to throw, but he can make big plays down the field, and he is an incredible young quarterback. The only way to get to him is with pressure, and as a young quarterback, Dealing with that pressure has been difficult for C.J. Stroud. That's the only area that he hasn't been, quite frankly, elite or MVP level. And so with Miles Garrett and Darius Smith, I think the Browns have got to be able to get after him, and that will, be the, that will give them the ability to, I think, slow down this offense. Because if you look at C.J. Stroud against top pass defenses and defenses that play similar schemes to ours, he has struggled. And so I think for the Browns, that's going to be the key, the pressure, and then you can't let Nico Collins beat you. Nico Collins was coming off of an injury last time, had 18 yards, Last week at 195, he has been kind of a one-man band for that team. And so I think Denzel Ward, you're going to get him locked up there on Nico Collins, put a safety on the top and say, you know what, TJ, you got to make somebody else beat us, and I'm not sure they have those other guys. If the Browns take care of the football, I think there's a better team, but that's been the Achilles heel all year. Nathan Zagura. Nathan, before I let you go, all of our visits today, we've, we've actually talked about the news of the day, and there's a connection with Bill Belichick in Cleveland. So thoughts on uh, Belichick's time in New England finally ending? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you think about Nick Saban yesterday at Alabama and Bill Belichick today at, at New England, and it's, you know, I don't know that you're ever going to see those kind of dynasties replicated at, at either level. And so it's pretty wild to think that that's it's the end of the road for Bill Belichick in New England, but uh, I, I, maybe he's not done. I know that there's some other jobs out there that probably are pretty attractive to him, but it's wild. It's, kinda, it's the end of an era, right? He's an iconic 
coach. And obviously the run that the Patriots had, completely iconic. Same with Nick Saban there at Alabama. And so I guess as they say, all good things must come to an end. But you think about the last couple of days, Vrabel felt like a little bit of a surprise. The news about Pete Carroll up in Seattle transitioning to an advisor role. And then now you've got Saban out at Alabama, Belichick out at New England. It's, it's, it's pretty wild the last few days around the football landscape. Yeah. One quarter of the league is changing its coaches. Eight teams wow. out of the 32. Nathan, thanks so much for the time and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. You got it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Nathan Zagura, color analyst of uh, the Browns broadcast and host of Browns Daily as well, joining us. Sal, I think I'm bullish on the Browns beating the Texans. The defense, you know, mm. the, the numbers on their defense, it's nuts. And Flacco mm-hmm. hasn't, like, just gone in and been a game manager. Those numbers, he's put up big, big numbers. Now, maybe none of the defenses he's played against are all that impressive. Um, the Jets late in the season, the Jaguars, the Tech, uh, the Texans, the Bears, their defense got better. The Rams are in there, too. But I don't know. I mean, if if the Browns win the Super Bowl, I mean, I'm going to check their odds right here because – they already beat the Ravens once, right? And if you have a defense that mm-hmm. good, historically good, their success rate is better than the 2000 Ravens. Like this Browns defense is nuts how good it is. What would be the more preferable matchup for the Bills? It, it let's let's say Miami wins. We'll know this in reverse order obviously because the 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 Cleveland Houston game is first. But if Miami wins, the Bills will play the winner of that matchup if the Bills win, obviously, on Sunday. Not trying to count chickens here. Yep. Um, what's the preferable matchup there for the Bills? Houston. I think so, too, but, man, Stroud looks good, dude. He does. He does, but I think right now— I agree with you, let me, let me ask you this. What do you have more faith in? Here's a great question about the Bills. What do you have more faith in? This Bills offense beating the best defense or the Bills mm-hmm. defense shutting down the best offense? The defense. Me too. Me too. The Bills defense has uh-huh. had incredible performances against the league's best offenses. And this offense against the best defenses, I'm not as convinced. I'm not as convinced. Like when Nathan there lays out that they have – the three best corners in football. But I've got Denzel Ward on digs, and then the other two are great, and they're covering whether it's Gabe mm-hmm. Davis or like I would be concerned. Their pass rush, Miles Garrett, is a game wrecker. So I think I have more faith in the Bills' defense shutting down the Texans than I do the Bills' offense getting enough on the Browns. Yeah, that's not a spot I, I I've just, been in. I agree. I the way I would look at it is this. I would have faith in a Sean McDermott-led defense against a rookie quarterback as much as I love that quarterback and how much he's played. It's just I think that's a tough spot for a Houston South Dome team to come up to Buffalo with a rookie quarterback against a Sean McDermott defense. Yeah, I think that's a more favorable matchup for me than the Bills' offense facing that defense, like you said, and Jim Schwartz, who has been around the block, and he could devise some things to frustrate the Bills maybe a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I would, I, I, it's, all, it's, it's, all, it's all matchups, right? Like that's, that's the other thing about playoffs. If you avoid a team that is your perfect foil, mm-hmm. then you're going to be fine. But if you have to play that team that you don't match up against, then you, know, you might be 
excuse me, one and done. Like the Rams with the Niners. The Niners always beat the Rams. Always. And if you are the Rams and you're able to avoid San Francisco somehow based on how it falls and somebody else knocks them out, you'd probably feel better about it all. So it's exciting. 25% of the league seeking new coaches. It's wild. Nathan, you know, kind of very quickly pushed back on any sort of conversation about Deshaun. And I agree with him. I was just asking because I've seen it floated around out there that, like, they're, they've been better without Deshaun, but I understand. He's 8-4. and four. I get it. But he also said, like, he's the only one that hasn't really elevated his game under Stefanski. So Deshaun Watson, yeah, he'll be the quarterback next year. And I understand. And Nathan's right. Like, there's no uncomfortable conversation. There's no conversation. He's the starting quarterback. But how can you not at least ignore the fact of where they are now and what's been happening regardless of kind of who the quarterback is, but especially since Flacco's taken over? 803-0550. Anyone on Belichick? Give us a call if you'd like. We've given our, some of our thoughts on it, on what happens. What happens first, Belichick finds a home or the Patriots find a coach? I mean, you've got rumored candidates for the New England job, Frable, of course, and I saw a report about the Titans moving on from Vrabel. So Amy Adams Strunk, owner of the Titans, the game that they won in Miami, she left that game. <laughs> How about this? You come back and you beat, the, you beat the Dolphins on the road like that, and the owner has left. And then you finish strong, you beat the Jaguars too, and you fire Vrabel. But one of the things that was in there was that when Vrabel had his ceremony in New England, they put his name in the ring of honor, that – he referred to the Patriots and said, we, we, we a lot, and that it rubbed some people in the Titans organization the wrong way. Mm, interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. i I got to uh-huh. admit, Sal, I found it odd that a current NFL coach on a bye week went to another NFL team to be honored. I'm mm. not saying I have a yeah, major... I can understand that. I'm not saying I have a major problem with it myself, but one of those things that it was very apparent to me, I can't believe that a coach would do that just would would not feel like it was wrong in some way. And here you have it. The, some in the Titans organization were rubbed the wrong way on it. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, I, I could look at both sides, and I and I agree. It's kind of, it wouldn't be my, I wouldn't, I wouldn't love it. Like, if I saw that, if I was the owner, like, I, I understand how that could rub you wrong. I mean, that's, you know, for sure. So we'll see. And I, I do think Vrabel will be a coach next year. I don't know if he goes to New England. I think it's very, you know, possible that happens. I think Belichick has a job next year, but to answer your question, I think uh, i go with the Patriots hiring a coach before Belichick lands a job only because Belichick might want to get his staff in place and things like that before they actually do it. Yeah. Andrew has just texted me a question. I got I got another follow-up question for you to text. Is Pat Hammer, is he listening? Patrick Hammer? I think he's listening right now. He might be. He's on He's on TV right now. He listens okay. in between breaks, I think. Andrew Filipponi, Pittsburgh, 93.7 The Fan, just texted me this question. <coughs> Have you heard anything about the game being moved because of the weather? Oh, jeez. Hold on. No. no, I have not. The only scenario where games get moved are if it snows so much before the game, right? At right. the game, if a lot of snow is going to fall, snow falls. But thinking of games that have been canceled in the past it's six feet a day and a half or two days before the game three days before the game snow coming in a snow band being close by is not a move the game scenario but i i followed up and asked him you know are you hearing that so it's it's 
again, it's probably not a contingency plan we have to we have to plan for, but in the event, that's why I wanted you to text Pat Hammer. Like, what are the chances that snow band that's south of the stadium hits a little earlier and hits a little more north, and we have to scramble because people can't get in and out of their homes or driveways or Bills players, right? They had to get. We've had I mean, they're all mixing together for me. The time that who was the guy that had to get at Oliver on a snowmobile to the stadium or to the plane? I mean, there have yeah. been there have been situations. They've where, done that with many, but yep, yep, yep. Right where it's lined up for twenty fourteen was all the guys basically the snowmobiles. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The Steelers are asking questions about how the league would handle hypothetical situations, is what Andrew has said to me. So, um, and that's a fair. I think it's a fair question to ask. How would this happen? It's happened for the Bills in the past. They've gone to Ford Field to play a game. Here's the here's fly in the ointment. You can't go to Ford Field. <clears throat> they're playing. <laughs> right? you, you, they're, you can go to Minnesota. Boy, Minnesota, forget that. I mean, I could go to Detroit. I can't get to Minnesota again. It's not going to happen. You go to Indy. Someone, Indy would be the Indy. place. Listen. Someone's yeah, hearing. I, someone's I, hearing no, this. Se- someone's hearing this segment and texting their friends. The guys on GR are oh talking about the game being moved and then telephone. Oh game. my gosh! Please, yeah, don't don't speak that into the universe. You're right. That's what's going to happen because here's the other thing that happened. You, I don't know. You probably saw this yesterday on social media. I had a tweet yesterday that I am still sifting through the ridiculous, horrible, vile mentions coming at me from Dolphins fans. Okay. Yesterday, I saw a Dolphins fan or two. Tweet something about how, oh my God, the player safety, they should move this game out of Kansas City, right? Like sub zero temperatures. And look, I, I uh, like it is totally on board and, and, and relevant. And I respect the fact that, like, I, I've been in those, like, those cold games, how cold it can get. And I understand that. I'm not going to make fun of anybody even thinking about that or suggesting that. But what I did write, Jeremy, was that I find it very, very interesting that. The Dolphins fans and some media, I guess, made fun of Bills fans or media for comments about the heat last year down in Miami, and now are actually talking about the game being moved from Kansas City because of the safety of the players. How hypocritical is that? So I tweeted that, and then Adam Beasley quote tweeted it. So now I have all these Dolphins fans coming at me like crazy. It's wild out there. I'm simply making the point. I'm not even telling you that there shouldn't be instances where games shouldn't be moved. I think there can be, and there should be. And it was the right call when the Bills did it, and the NFL did it, I should say, last year or 2014 or whatever. I just find it super ironic that these Miami people who made fun of Bills people, fans, whatever, for saying, holy cow, like that, that was a real big safety issue. And there was players that you know were heat exhaustion on the field, and ah, you babies. And now they're like, hey, you think we should move the game from Kansas City? It's going to be zero degrees. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yep. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the general consensus I get on Sunday's forecast is, if I could shorten it, it'll be winter. Is that it? Right? Like, it's going to be windy, it's going to be cold, and there might be a lake effect band of snow. But we're not talking about some sort mm-hmm. of weather event, Right. There's going to be more wind tomorrow. Tomorrow is another big windy day, from what I understand. And there's wind pretty much throughout the week. But we're not talking a a six-foot lake effect snow band dumping snow. We're talking about, oh, it's going to be winter. That's what I gather. So, 803-0550. We're we're not talking feet anyway, I don't think, right? I mean, it's like, 
what I read, two to three inches an hour maybe is what Pat sent me the other day. They could be with, with this. That's not six feet. Well, it depends how many hours. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Yeah. And it's supposed to – well, we'll see. We'll get updated weather forecasts as we go. It's going to be fun to track, but winter. That's what we call winter. It's going to snow, be blustery. Could be worse next week, I think, is what I'm looking at, by the way, uh, if, the, if the bills advance on. Oh, Maybe man. not. I don't know. I think next week there's a big storm. It could be before that, though. Oof. All right. 803-0550 and one 888 Get some phone calls when we return. Jeremy and Sal here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 